Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Come on, you can do better than that. Are you excited to be at church today? We are so glad that you are here, honored to have you here. We want to take a moment and pray for another church in our community, something we love to do every single week. Today we're going to lift up First Baptist Church. So will you bow your heads and let's say a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the opportunity once again to gather in this room and to celebrate and uh, God, to just lift you high in this place. Lord, I pray that that would be the cry of every one of our hearts. Lord, we lift up First Baptist Church to you today, their leadership, their pastor, their congregation. Lord, I pray that you would bless them in every way, that your favor would be on them. God, that they would reach people for the kingdom. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to serve as another church alongside them in this community. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said... Amen and amen. Well, want to make mention of one thing you just heard about in the announcements. If you've never been through Next Steps, uh, next Sunday is step one, and then the following Sunday, May the 7th, is step two. This is where you learn all about our vision, all about our mission, how we are structured, uh, how we handle finances, all that stuff. It's also how uh, we get you on a team. So if you're in the, in the place where you're like, man, I want to jump in, I want to be a part, I want to begin serving, I want to begin doing something to build the kingdom alongside everyone here, this is how you can do that. So for two Sundays during the 9 a.m. service, uh, you're going to be gathering for that, and we're going to be teaching you all about uh, who we are as a church and how you can get involved. And so we want you to be a part of that over the next couple of weeks. And one thing that we talk about in that uh, as far as our structure is, we have, uh, and many of you know this, we have elders within uh, our body who serve locally here. But not only that, we have what we call overseers, which are men that are on the outside, uh, pastoring churches, leading ministries that uh, love our church, love our family, love what God is doing here, and want to be a part of it. And they oversee the ministry and everything that we're doing here from the outside in. And so today we have the honor of having one of those, uh, one of those men with us. And uh, he's no stranger to you. He leads uh, Partnership Ministries, which is a ministry I'm sure he'll make mention of. Uh, we get to go on a mission trip with them this coming summer. We're excited about that. But come on, today I believe you're going to be blessed. You're going to be encouraged. So will you put your hands together and please help me welcome to the stage Pastor Doug Reed. Hey, let's give it up for our pastor. Don't you love our pastor? Amen. Amen. Him and, him and Amanda are just some of our favorite people, and we are so excited to be a part of what God is doing here. You guys had a great Easter, uh, from what I hear, and, and the Lord is just moving in this community, and that is awesome. So, like he, like he was saying, my name is uh, Doug, and I head up a ministry called Partnership International. And essentially what I do is I speak in conferences and churches around the country, and then I use that influence to talk to those churches into going to some of the world's poor places and doing meaningful missions work. And how many of you know the whole world needs Jesus? Amen. Uh, on an average year, we'll do about a half a million dollars in building projects and, and uh, about 16 to 17 trips. Uh, you guys are actually a part of one. I was just there uh, about a month ago. You're going to an orphanage that we uh, helped take over about nine years ago in the central part of Jamaica. And it was down to about five kids, and it was about to go under. And, and uh, I don't know, 35 churches I think we've brought to that now, and, and they've done so much work. 
Uh, there's about 50 kids in the orphanage now, and it's amazing what God is doing. And uh, you guys are going to be a part of a team. I think ultimately it's going to be about 35 people on your team and uh, are going to be helping to build some apartments for kids that are graduating, uh, remodel a kitchen, uh, just love on uh, that community. How many of you would love to be a part of that someday? Amen. In fact, I think they need a couple more. I think they had a couple of dropouts, so it would be awesome if, if, you, if you're interested to see Pastor Gabe. But uh, we just were in Burundi, East Africa, uh, about uh, two months ago, and your church actually gave. They'll show a video on it another Sunday, but your church actually gave to build a rescue home in a village. It's the poorest country in the world, and literally your church took somebody out of a mud hut and put them into a little two-bedroom house with furniture and everything. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing what God is doing? So I could tell you so much, but uh, i got to dive into the word today. So, so I, I, I want to share with you a message that God uh, has put on my heart, and I've known for a few months I was going to share this. Uh, it's called Set Apart for a Purpose, and we're going to talk about calling. Everybody say calling. Uh, uh, now, calling is a club subject that is close to my heart. I, I can still remember I was about 17 years old, and I had known Christ uh, maybe for about seven months at this point, and they were doing like a Monday night youth rally or some kind of thing, and there was a speaker there, and he spoke on the subject of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and, and I, I don't think he did a very good job, Pastor Gabe, because at the end, I did not know what it was, uh, but I can still remember in my young mind, uh, I probably couldn't quote four scriptures to you at that point, but I can still remember uh, thinking to myself, well, I've been saved, I've been baptized in water, and I thought, man, I don't have that one, and so I got up, and I went down front, and nobody prayed with me, nobody came around me, nobody touched me, I just lifted my hands began to pray in a heavenly language, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I thought, golly, man, that's incredible. But I thought, I got it, you know. And I started walking back to my seat. And about halfway back to my seat, it hit me like a ton of bricks. You are called to preach the gospel. You will never be happy doing anything else. You are called to preach. And and I talked myself out of it by the end, uh, by the time I got to the door. But about six months later, I just said, I finally submitted to it. And, uh, and, and I was called, and I have been living out that calling ever since. In fact, I could probably tell you about nine or ten calling moments that have been in my life in ministry. Now, it's a dangerous thing to get a pastor talking about calling because after a little while, you'll start to think that like calling is kind of like a pastor thing, a ministry thing instead of an everybody thing. So I want you to say this with me. I want you to say this out loud. I'll call it a holy declaration. It should be on the screen. Say this with me. Say, I am saved and I am called. God did not just save me. He also called me. Now, this is not just something that we are saying. It's actually something that Scripture declares over and over again. And by the end of this morning, we're just barely going to touch on it, but you will be convinced that God has a calling on your life. 2 Timothy 1.9. God is the one who saved and called. Everybody say saved and called. As with a holy calling. Your calling is holy. And this wasn't based on what you have done. It's not because you're so awesome. But it is based on God's own purpose and grace that he gave us in Christ Jesus before time began. So two simple key points, right? Your calling 
is a holy thing. Now, a lot of times when we talk about holiness, we talk about all the things that we can't do. And, and there's a part of holiness that has to do with that. But, but let me just redefine it a little bit for you. It is a holy thing to pursue what God has for you. And it is unholy to pursue things that God never intended for you to have. Now, I, uh, I, I, my grandfather was a master carpenter, and I worked my way through college framing houses, hated every minute of it uh, because I, I just knew it wasn't my calling, but, God, but I was poor. I needed money, and God knew that in my 30s I would launch a missions organization that builds houses. How many of you know that God knows what he's doing? Amen. Uh, uh, but I can tell you I have some of those skills. I, I hide them really well unless they are needed on a trip. But I can do it. I could, I could build and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but the point is if I was to pursue that, it would not be a holy thing for me. I'm not called to start a construction company. You understand what I'm saying? But for me to pursue my calling is holiness. If you are pursuing something that God never intended for you to have, that is an unholy thing for you. But God is not just a saver. God is also a caller. God is in the business. Get this. It's so simple, but I want you to get it. God is in the business of calling those that he saves. I actually have this picture in my spirit this morning of like some of you, you were just drowning in sin. How many of you were drowning in sin before Christ? And, and, and I see this picture of like God diving in the pool and pulling you out and breathing life back into you and pressing your chest and making your heart pump and you've been saved. He saved you. And right there in that moment, he doesn't even wait one more breath. He immediately starts to tell you all the things that you are called to do. Why? Because he didn't just save you to save you, amen? He saved you so that he could give you a purpose that you might actually go out and help him reach others for the kingdom of God. I like to say it like this, God saved you on purpose for a purpose. Now, I, I, uh, I had this bat right, right up here, just in case anybody wants to make a run at me this morning. Uh, no, I mean, they would shoot you long before you got to the stage, but uh, it is Texas after all, right? Uh, uh, so I'll go ahead and put that picture up on the screen. Now, now, this is a picture, a famous picture. It's not actually a picture, but it's an artist rendition of a famous moment back in 1923. Uh, you can get it. Uh, this, is, this is, of course, the famous baseball player, Babe Ruth. And, and, and this is like game three or something like that. I might have the details a little off. They're, they're playing. Uh, he's with the New York Yankees. They're playing the Chicago Cubs. It's in Wrigley Field. I've actually been to games in that stadium. And uh, anyway, they're down like two runs or something, two men on base. And Babe, you know, two strikes. And he's got one strike left. And he walks up to the plate. And according to history or folklore, he walks up and he points to center field like this and he calls his shot. He proceeds on the very next pitch to hit the ball out of the park in center field. And, and it's an awesome, awesome moment. The only problem with that story is that Babe Ruth actually historically denies it six or seven times. It, it actually 
isn't true. Basically, what he says is that I didn't have a bat in my hand. I had my finger, and I wanted everybody to know I had one more strike. And he said, I just happened to be pointing at the center of the park. They called it center field. I don't know. But he denies the entire thing. How many of you like the legend better than the truth? Any, anybody out there? I mean, I think the legend's like way better than the truth. But here's what we think as human beings. We like to believe that we can call our own shot. But I want you to get this in your heart today. You are not the shot caller. God is the shot caller, amen? He is not your co-pilot. He's not your uh, just your buddy that is somehow going to support every plan that you come up with. No, you want to know what God knows, amen? He is the caller, and you are not. You can't call yourself, amen? There is a caller, and you want to know what God knows. Now, here in my hand, I've got the latest iPhone. AT&T made me a deal I could not refuse, and, and, and I don't fool around when it comes to the two or three electronics that I carry around. I buy the best one, the biggest memory, whatever. This is the best one you can buy. And, and this is like a computer, like we could have ruled the world in the 1980s with this, right? We could have started nuclear wars, right, with this. And, and uh, so this is an amazing device. But here's one thing, it just isn't any good at. This phone cannot call itself, right? The, the call has to come from an outside source. God is your caller. Everybody say, God is my caller. Amen. He wants to call you. He wants you to know what he knows about your life. Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things they work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. See, even pain can move you towards your purpose in God. 1 Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you. Everybody say, he called me. Out of darkness into his wonderful light. See, it's time for you to stop groping in the darkness and get on with what God has called you to do. Romans eleven twenty nine, my favorite verse on calling. For the God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. In the Message Bible, it says it like this. They are under full warranty. They can never be canceled and never rescinded. You know what that means? It means, one, you cannot run from your call. Two, you cannot do something so bad that you're not called anymore. And three, you will never be fulfilled until you actually pursue your calling. At home, I drive a Honda Accord, and every now and then, Honda will send me a recall notice. Anybody ever get one of those? Something is wrong with your car, bring it in. It's the only time they're not going to charge me $2,000 to fix it, right? Because it's their fault. But I bring it in, and they do what? They fix it so it can get back to its original purpose. God is not just a caller. God is a recaller, amen? He loves to not just call you, but he loves to recall you over and over again. You have not run so far that you cannot get back to the calling of God that is on your life. I, I, I remember years ago, we used to do trips to Caracas, Venezuela. Uh, Caracas is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, very needy people. 
And uh, back in the day, we would gather crowds of 40,000 people on the street. And it was amazing what God would do. And I, I literally, I'm not exaggerating, we, with our team, so we, we probably led 100,000 people to Christ in Caracas, Venezuela back in the day. And then Chavez went crazy. It's now communist country and all that. Well, on our very last trip, we had to adjust. This was, I don't know, 15 years ago. We had to adjust, and we could not go to Caracas. It was too dangerous. So we ended up in a little island called Margarita Island. It's a part of Venezuela, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a party island, and the only safe place to stay on the whole island was a beautiful resort right on the beach. And so somebody had to sacrifice in Jesus' name and stay at that resort for the gospel. So we decided we would do it. And actually, every day we would go into the interior and reach the poor. But but we were staying at this resort, and the owner of the resort was very excited to see all the beautiful American girls I had brought to his resort. And so every night about 9 o'clock, he would throw a party, hoping that the girls would come and join in. And so I thought, man, i got to do something, or this mission trip is going to not be any good. And so every night we would go across the street, and we would just do this big church service right on the beach. And it was amazing. And and anyway, the manager of the hotel, I noticed on the first night, he came over, stood in the back, all through worship, all through the sermon, but right before we could do an altar call, he would just run back across the street. I felt this check in my spirit to not bother him. I felt like God was doing something. So every night, six nights in a row, this dude would do this. And finally on the last night, I walked up to him, and with an interpreter, I said to him, I said, hey, why do you keep coming to our services but then running back? before we get to pray with you. And he, and he said to me this, he smiled, and in Spanish he said, you know, I used to do what you do. I said, what do you mean? He said, I was a well-known evangelist all throughout the, this area, all throughout Latin America. And he said, uh, he said, but I committed adultery and I lost my ministry. And, and, and he said, but then he smiled and he said, but now I manage this beautiful hotel and people would kill to have my job. And I said, well, that's really great, but why do you keep coming to our services? and then running back before we can pray with you. And he started to weep, and he looked at me, and he said, I, I just haven't heard worship in so long. And he said, uh, I don't know what it is, but I'm like a puppet on a string, and every time you guys start singing, I come across the street, and I can feel like my calling coming back. But he said, I've just failed so badly that I don't think God can ever use me again. And I told him that night about the God who is not just the caller, but the God who is the recaller, amen, that he can call you back. You have not strayed so far away from your calling that you can't come back to it in Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap. Isn't he a good God? Listen, nothing else compares to being called according to a purpose. So the million-dollar question today is how can I know what my calling is? Now, I'm going to hit these really quick because I want to share a quick outline with you as well. How can I know what my calling is? How can I know what I am set apart for? Now, John or Jesus said in John chapter 3 that a man is born of water and he is born of spirit. We call that being born again. Now, listen, just like you are given natural gifts at your physical birth. I mean, you know, some people just are naturally gifted at things. Just like you're given natural gifts, you are given spiritual gifts at your spiritual birth. Part of how you know what you are called to do is this. 
God will never give a calling without giving a gift. And God will never give a gift without giving a calling. If this morning, Gabe said to me, Pastor Doug, you preach really well, but this morning, let's switch it up and let's have you play the piano and sing. I can promise you it would have been a completely different church service this morning. People would be screaming and running and and you would be saying, I hate this church and I don't even love Jesus anymore after hearing Pastor Doug sing. I mean, it would just be terrible because why? Because it's not my gift and therefore it is not my calling. So, some of us would say, like, like, you ever watch, like, the tryouts for American Idol? It is so sad to watch somebody whose mama told them they could sing, but we all have ears, right? <laughs> and we know what's up. Why? Now, listen, part of how you know what you're called to do is that God has placed a gift in your life. But, but that's not deep enough, is it? What we want to know is we want to know what the Spirit knows. Amen. You are never going to know what you're called to do until you get to know the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible tells us the Spirit searches out all things, and the Spirit knows the thoughts of God, and the Spirit knows your thoughts. And if you read that passage closely, it says the Spirit even knows the deep secrets of God. How many of you want to know the deep secrets of God? Amen. And that it is the job of the Holy Spirit to connect your thoughts with God's thoughts so that you might know what you are called to do, who you are in Christ. The Bible calls it having the mind of Christ. Literally, God thinking his thoughts in your brain. Isn't that an amazing thing? Amen? The Holy Spirit, you have to get to know him. I want to know what the Spirit knows. Now, you say, Pastor Doug, are you crazy? I mean, mean, you're saying like God wants to talk to me. Let me give you a secret about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he doesn't scream, he whispers, but the more you obey the Holy Spirit, the louder it gets, amen? The more you obey, the more you start to know his voice. The Lord showed me this the other day, that, that, that my life has been a life of obedience to God. If I excel at anything, I excel at obeying God. And what the Lord has showed me, it's almost like a box of Kleenexes, that he'll give me a, 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 a revelation, he'll speak to me, and I will obey it. And isn't it amazing, as soon as I obey it, there's another one, amen? As soon as I obey it, he speaks to me again and again, and again, and again. And really, my life has just been one long series of obedience, amen? And every time I obey a revelation, there is another one to come in Jesus' name, amen? It's wasteful on Kleenexes, but it's good for your life, right? I I want to obey what the Holy Spirit has for me. The Bible says, Proverbs 20, verse 5, the purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Listen, I'll talk football with you all day long, but at some point, we got to get down to stuff that really matters. If you're a person of depth, you want to find out. If you're a serious person, you want to find out what your purpose is. Amen? Even if you're here today and you say, Pastor Doug, I don't even know if I know Jesus, or you're watching online, and you're like, I don't even know. Listen, How how many of you want to know what God knows, amen? The greatest thing in the world is to know what your purpose is. Now, I want to give you just one more thing, and I'll share a quick outline with you, and we'll be done. Uh, uh, The best way that I have found to practice what I am talking about today is something I call the desire doctrine. One of the common ways that God reveals uh, 
his calling, his purpose is in the area of desire. It's, that is sustained, holy aspiration over time that just will not go away in a certain area. Philippians 2.13, God is working in you, giving you the desire. Everybody say the desire. And the power to do what pleases him. You know this verse, Psalm 37, verse 4. Uh, uh, God will give you the what? The desires of your heart. Now, we know theology 101. That doesn't mean you get whatever you want. What it means is that God works in the realm of desire. So what I have found is that when there is sustained desire in a certain area over time, and I'm living for God, that desire very well might be from him. I, I can remember 29 years old, I was a youth pastor at a church, and I took about 100 kids to a youth camp, and, and, I, and I wasn't, like, jealous of the speaker or anything, but all week long, I kept looking at the speaker, and I would be like, I had this feeling of, like, I'm called to do what that guy's doing. I, I didn't think I could do it better. I just knew I was called to do it. And, and that, that frustration throughout four nights kind of built up. And so finally on the fourth night, I, I went over to the side and I was like, God, maybe it is ambition. Maybe I am jealous. Maybe, God, I just repent. Just help me. Even though I wasn't convicted, I was asking for forgiveness. And, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, son, when did I give you that desire? I said, well, God, it was like 13 years ago I was at a camp myself, and it was like you were pointing at the stage and telling me that I was going to do that one day. And, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I said, well, you've been living for me for like 12, 13 years now. Don't you think that in that decade that I would have corrected that desire if it wasn't for me? Now, the timing's off, but the desire's right. Four, more, four years later, I launched my road ministry, and I never looked back, and I ended up doing like 50 youth camps. Now, how many of you know that God knows what he's doing in the realm of desire? You know, you know what, I, what I have found? When it comes to desire, I do it like this. Anytime God gives me a big opportunity, I will pray about it, and I'm going to see what the desire level is. I, I call this spiritual CPR. Now, now listen to me. It, it, it's about, I, I don't know, 20 years ago, I was called by a uh, college ministry in Columbia, Missouri. I was living in Missouri at the time. And, and they had a, this college ministry with like 200 kids. And they said, hey, we want you to come lead it. We know you travel, but you can just be here throughout the week. You'll have your summers off for your missions thing. You can have your weekends off for speaking, but you can lead this throughout the week. And they offered me some money. It was a pretty good gig. And, 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 and my, my response to them on the phone was, I don't have time. I have no desire. See that word? And they said, will you pray about it? How I many of you know that's a loaded question, right? So I started praying about it. I started talking to my wife about it. I started thinking about it. Basically, I was breathing into its life into it, and I was pressing the chest of that thing, and I was making the heart pump. So after about a month, my desire went from zero to about 30%. And then I did what I always do. I just said, God, I prayed about this enough, and now... Every time it comes to my spirit, I'm just going to worship. Why? Because if it's God, it will breathe on its own. Amen? And you know what happened? In about a week, I was from 30% down to 0%, and then I heard somebody else took the job. I knew it wasn't from God. Now, I could tell you many times where the opposite happened. Amen? So at some point, you got to pay attention to godly desire. Everybody still with me this morning? 
So I, so I want to share with you, and I promise you I'll be super quick. We'll be out of here on time. I want to share with you real quick. I just want you to take this home with you. Four simple ways to ensure that you fulfill God's purpose. Everybody say this with me. Everybody say, I want it all. How many want everything God has for you? Amen? I, I don't want to miss anything. So I want to share with you four simple ways that you cannot miss your calling. Right? One, you have to plant yourself in your purpose. You have to plant yourself in your purpose. Right here, I've got a potted tree. It's fake, but I mean, it's, it's a good example. And, and, and so this tree, if it was real, uh, we know this, that it would never live up to its potential in this pot. Why? Because for it to really grow, Psalm 1, it needs to be planted next to a stream or something, amen? It's got to be in some type of good Texas soil where it could really grow to its full potential, amen? Now, there is one advantage to this tree being potted, and here it is. I can move it anywhere I want to go, right? I can move it around, and I can be totally mobile. I could take this tree home with me if I wanted. You get what I'm saying? But this tree, it is giving up its potential because it's married to mobility. Now, I'm going to say this from my spirit, and, and I want you to understand. I got nothing to gain here. I get a free lunch whether you like me or not today, okay? <laughs> just, just understand. It's like a part of my contract here, you know? So, so, so listen, listen. <laughs> Some of you, you are masters at mobility, but you never live up to your potential. And here's why. Because this ain't your first church, this is your 10th church. And you're like, and, and here's what's funny. Like, that pastor hurt me, and those people were terrible, and those people were awful, and that church, man, they're no good. Do you know the only consistency in this story is you? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And this church, it's an awesome church, one of my favorite churches, but I can tell you it's not a perfect church. And if you give these two people long enough, they will hurt you too. Why? Not because they want to, but because they're imperfect. In fact, we decided here at Impact that we just would kick all the perfect people out, right, because they're annoying, you know what I'm saying? You know, we, we only get imperfect people here. So, so what you got to do at some point is realize there are no perfect places, but you are going to be a planted person anyway. I, I, I am, I, I know I'm super good looking, so it's hard to tell, but uh, uh, I am 55 years old, and, and, and two years ago at 53, the Lord had my wife and I move across country, away from our grandbabies, uh, to the state of Virginia. There's a mega church there that wanted me to come and base out of there, and they now have become a massive supporter of our ministry, and I preach about five Sundays a year there. Well, anyway, uh, uh, we, we really, you know, know that it's from God, but I think sometimes you can know something is right spiritually, but then you still struggle emotionally. You understand what I'm saying? And, and the Lord dealt with me about eight months ago. About eight months ago, Pastor Brian, the great pastor there, he called me into his office, and he, there's about five of us on this, like, executive team, and, and he said, uh, I want you guys to pray with me. I'm thinking about buying this piece of property. It's a very million-dollar, multi-million-dollar purchase. And, and so anyway, we all kind of laid our hands on this piece of paper, and he said, he said, Pastor Doug, why don't you pray last? Now, I'd like to say I'm super spiritual, and I just was really into everybody else's prayer, but I was kind of like listening to the other people pray because I want to I do good on my prayer. You know what I'm saying? I'm closing. I'm the closer, baby. You know. And so anyway, I've got my, I'm kind of thinking about my prayer, and I've got my hand on the paper like this, like four fingers on the paper. And clearly, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, why isn't your fifth finger on the paper? 
And I mean, not once, like three, four times. And, and so finally, like I'm searching in my mind for like, you know, four finger versus five finger prayers in, in the Bible. And I'm like, I can't, I can't think of any scriptural precedent about, you know, four fingers versus five. But, but I kept, you know, hearing that. And so finally I just did the move, you know, and put my fifth finger, put my thumb on the paper. And, and immediately when my thumb touched the paper, God showed me two things. One, I won't bore you with them, but there's five areas of calling in my life. I have five callings on my life. And the Lord spoke to me and said, all five callings are going to be fulfilled in this place. First thing he said. Second thing he said, the only problem is you're only about 80% here. That's what he said. I actually had to go to my pastor the next day and tell him, I'm not four fingers anymore, baby. <laughs> I'm five now. And, and I've recommitted myself to my calling. I went, Why? Because you will never live up to your potential as long as you are potted. Amen? It is time for you to be planted. Don't tell me you love this place, but you got one foot in and one foot out. Don't tell me, like, oh, this is the best church in town and God is really moving and, wow, they are set up to reach the lost. Listen, what they need are people that will come to them and say, look, faults, everything, you guys do stuff right, stuff wrong. If it's moving too fast, if it's moving, whatever, I am here, amen? I am planted. That's how God builds great churches. That's how God builds great people. Number two, you have to prepare. Everybody say prepare. you got to prepare for your purpose. 2 Peter 1.10 so, my dear brothers, work hard. Everybody say work hard. <laughs> to prove that you are really among those who God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. So, you have to work hard at the call that's on your life. Pastor Doug, I'm called to preach, but you never study. Pastor Doug, I'm called to start a business, but you don't even study business. Pastor Doug, I'm called to do this, but you never obey God in that direction. You understand what I'm saying? You have to prepare for your purpose. My, my son, Jordan, uh, he this morning is preaching right now while I'm preaching to you. He pastors a second campus, or it's, it's the second of three campuses of a large church in Kansas City. And he's, uh, he's a phenomenal young man, and, and I'm so proud of him, but... But it was about 10 years ago, he graduated from Bible college, and he came to me and said, Dad, you know, what should I do? And I said, son, I, I don't feel like I should give you advice. I feel like I need to speak some correction to you. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you've got a problem. He said, what's my problem? I said, you've got good guy disease. He said, what is good guy disease? He's used to crap like this from me. And, 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 I, and I said to him, I said, well, you're just a really good guy. I said, you're so funny, man. I mean, you could be a professional comedian. You were such a nice person. I mean, any church in the country, at that time, he had five megachurches offering him jobs. I said, any church in the country would love to have you on their team. But I said, God hasn't just called you to be on a team. He's called you to develop your gift. I said, you say you're called to preach, and you've preached like twice. I preached 500 times when I was in Bible college. I said, you say you are called to, like, lead worship, but I don't see any calluses on your fingers. I mean, you're only halfway decent at even playing the guitar. I was like, son, you got to get it together. You have to develop your gift. You know what? A year ago when that church was looking for one of two guys to be on the executive team and pastor one of the churches, you know who they found? They found the youngest person on their staff and said, that's the guy we want. Amen? Why? Because he developed his gift. I, I just want to illustrate this a little further. So I own a missions organization, and I take, I don't know, 300 people a year on missions trips. And our trips, our overseas trips, average to, 
$2,000, something like that, maybe $3,000 for Africa. And uh, so I'm just going to make it. It's not, not real, so don't call me on it. But, but I'm, I'm going to just make a, a, an illustrated offer, okay, this morning. Let's just say this morning I am offering a free missions trip, free missions trip to anybody. But here's the deal. We build stuff, like we do stuff. So I need somebody that can help me install toilets on one of our missions trips. So what we're going to do is Gabe and I are going to be in the back after service, and we're going to interview all of you, and the person that can convince us that you're really good at installing toilets, you get a free missions trip. Now, I just imagine how this first interview will go. Uh, I'll say to you, have you ever installed a toilet? And you look at me and you say, Pastor Doug, you don't understand. I have been using toilets like my entire life. I mean, I mean, I am kind of like a toilet expert. I I do number one, number two, I even did number three one time. It's crazy. You know, I, I just, I just, <laughs> uh, and I say, well, that's really great, but do you know how to install a toilet? Well, you don't understand. We go Home Depot right now, and I know right where they are. I know the aisle number. I can tell you the different kinds. Well, that's really great, but have you ever installed a toilet? Well, you don't understand. My grandfather was a plumber. Well, that's great, you know, but have you, anybody get the illustration? Why? Because how can I deploy your gift if you refuse to develop your gift? You have to prepare for your calling. Number three, everybody still with me? You've got to purify for your purpose. Uh, the purpose that God has placed in your life, I'm almost done, is pure. The call that God has on your life is a holy thing, and he only chooses, hear me, pure vessels to pour his power into. Ephesians 4.1, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you are called of God. Let me read one more to you. 2 Timothy 2.21, if you keep yourself pure. Everybody say, if I keep myself pure. Come on, come on. You will be a special utensil. Wow, a special utensil. What a weird phrase. For honorable use, and your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Now, now, now listen, according to the Bible, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil. And God will use you over and over and over again. But what is the requirement? You have to keep yourself pure. Pastor, you don't understand, man. I, I mean, I will be the one person that has like a girl on the side, but God uses me really big anyway. No, 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 Pastor. I can watch porn on Saturday night and preach with anointing on Sunday morning. You really have to tell me how you're able to do that because I've never been able to figure it out. All I know is that it steals from me. You understand what I'm saying? And I can't do my calling if I don't live a pure life. Now, now, now listen, last night, Pastor Gabe and Amanda, they took us out for ice cream. Some incre- I, I don't know if it's the devil or angels that are making that ice cream, but <laughs> so good. But anyway, I saved my spoon, and this is the little, you know, cheap plastic spoon. And this spoon, they're actually starting to outlaw these all around the world. And I'm not a big environmental person or anything, but I, I, I agree with it. Like, we can, we can do better, right? And, and uh, uh, anyway, this spoon is made for, like, one-time use. Like, like you, you use it one time, and then you do what? You just throw it away, right? Can, can I just say something to you? You are not plastic, right? You are not made 
to like be used, have a little high, and then all of a sudden, we were talking about it on the way over here, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have a failure and you can't, no, no, no. Here, here I actually actually bought a set of these. These are gold-plated, uh, uh, so this is like the kind you go to grandma's house and, I don't know, unless Jesus comes to dinner, nobody's ever going to use these, you know. And even him, she'd probably say no, you know. And, and uh, But this is, this, this, is, this is a special utensil, and it's made for what? It's made to be used over and over and over again. Listen, <laughs> this ain't my first rodeo. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I love this morning. I am so committed to this moment. But I got like a hundred of these moments planned just this year. Why? Because I'm a special utensil. Amen? And I'm made for honorable use. And God uses me over and over and over again. But you have to keep yourself pure. And then finally the last one, and we're done, and the team's coming out, is uh, you have to pursue your purpose. You have to pursue your purpose. You have to become aggressive in obedience to God's purpose. So, what are you pursuing? What are you pursuing? It's really good. You are obtaining exactly what you are pursuing. People, people ask me, like, Pastor, how are you able to, like, you know, do this? We have, we have nine partnerships in countries right now, what God is doing. The stuff I was telling Pastor Gabe last night about Africa is just, it is the greatest thing in 30 years of ministry that God has done with us, what's happening in Burundi. And you say, how are you able to do that? Well, well, it's not really a fair question. One, it's my calling. Don't be jealous of other people's callings, right? Because you don't understand that calling. And two, I've been pointing my life in this direction for 30 years. And so as a result of long obedience, I have pursued my purpose, and now I'm in my calling. You, you know what I have discovered? Like some of you are really... You know, you really, you've, you've got a lot of habits, you've got a lot of faults and failures that you're trying. Here's what I've discovered. When I pursue my calling, I'm walking away from my addictions and my baggage. It, 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 one, I, I'd like to say this morning that I live for Jesus consistently because I love him so much. <laughs> I do, but that's only half of it. It's like a two-sided coin. Half of it is I love Jesus and he loves me and that's why I serve him. But the other side of that coin is my calling and my purpose. You understand? Because there are some mornings I wake up and I can't even spell Jesus. This morning was actually one of those mornings. But you know what got me out of bed? Calling, purpose, pursue it. Amen? How many of you want to live your entire calling? Amen? Come on, I want you to stand to your feet all throughout the house. I know we've got another service coming in, but... I, I want to honor this moment uh, just right here. You know, I, uh, we, we are family today, right? We're family. Amen? So I'm like the weird uncle that only shows up a couple times a year, but, uh, but I'm part of the family. Uh, the weekend that I'm here, Pastor Gabe is my pastor. I'm under his spiritual authority, and uh, so I'm a part of the family. So I, I, I just don't feel like we have to close eyes or anything today. We're, we're, I, I do that sometimes, but... But uh, how many of you would just say, I need to refocus my life towards my calling? Come on, come on, lift your hand if that's you. How many of you would say, I, I, I pursue it, but I need to pursue it harder? Amen? Come on. How many of you would say this? How many of you would say, I want to know, come on, you put your hands down, this is real important. I want to know what I'm called to do, but step one, all good things begin at the foot of the cross. Step one is I have to know I'm right with Jesus first. Amen? So who would just say, as a part of pursuing my calling, 
I want to make sure I'm saved right with God. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hand right where you are. All throughout the house. Those of you that are online, just give us some kind of emoji or something. Let us know you're responding. So there's a good, you know, dozen or so of us. Let's pray two prayers, and I'm going to hand it over to Pastor. Let's pray this one. Let's pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, I believe that you have, that you love me. That you died on the cross for me. But you didn't do that just so I could be saved. You want to save me, but you also want to call me. So today I give you my life. I say save me, but I also say use me. Call me. Show me what I'm called to do. So Father, I pray that right now in Jesus' name. I pray for revelation of calling. I, I, I think on the other side of that, there's probably most of us, we know what we're called to do, but we're frustrated. We've not been pursuing it. I pray that this message would be one of those that just sticks with us, and that we would pursue what you've called us to do. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing in this place, in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody give God a good hand clap. Isn't he good? I want to invite our prayer team to come down to the front if you're in the room. Come on, it, wasn't that a good word? I love the one thing that, that I think will stick with me is the desire. <laughs> sometimes we're, you ever wonder, you ever been trying to figure out what is my purpose, what is my purpose, what is my purpose? And sometimes, I don't mean to be unspiritual, but I think sometimes we overthink it. And if we would lean into what has God put, what desire has God put on the inside of me? Maybe that desire is from Him. Maybe that desire is something I need to begin pursuing and I need to start, you know, leaning into and developing that in my life because God wants to use me in that way. So I'm gonna, I want to pray for you. And then as we do at the end of every service, we're going to sing one final worship song and give you an opportunity to receive prayer if you need prayer for anything specific. But I just want to pray over you in this moment that, uh, maybe you've pushed, you know, some some desire or some calling uh, because you didn't feel you pushed it down because you didn't feel worthy. You didn't feel like you were you were good enough. You feel like you've messed up at some point in your life, and so that can't be for you anymore. I just want to pray that God would uh, recall today, and that the desire that was once in your life that He's going to bring that back up because that's what He's that's what He's intended for you to do. That's what he wants to help you develop in your life. Amen. So come on, if you if you just if you want to receive this, come on, we just put our hands out like we're receiving something from the Lord today, if you're comfortable doing that. And let's just pray. Come on, you can pray right there where you're standing in your seat, just in your own way today. But Lord, right now we thank you that you are the caller. And not just the caller, but the recaller. So, Heavenly Father, in this moment, I pray that you would, that, that things would resurface that you have placed inside of us, the giftings and the desires and the purpose that you have placed inside of our hearts and in our lives. Lord, today we would be reminded. God, I pray that, that we would turn our hearts and our attentions to you fully. Lord, that we would live a life that is worthy of the calling that has been placed on our lives. God, you are so good and so faithful. And Lord, as we sing this last song, I pray that you would stir that within us again. As we worship you and we lift our hands and we lift our voices, stir your calling and your purpose and your desires. 
And we thank you for it. And Holy Spirit, I pray as we sing this last song that you would draw every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life. In Jesus' name, amen.